Welcome to Tee Up Logistics Insights, presented by iDrive Logistics and ShipCaddy. Our hosts take a deep dive into logistics, supply chain, and small parcel shipping with special emphasis on the landscape of the e-commerce industry and behind the scenes of the warehouses supporting the backbone of American business. Hello, everyone. Hey, I'm excited to talk with you today. This is Glenn Gooding, president at iDrive Logistics. iDrive, we work with and talk to shippers every day of every week of every year. Our purpose is really helping align shippers with the most efficient, customer-friendly alignment out there in today's crazy small parcel supply chain. When I was thinking about topics today, a couple have come up because I've dealt with a lot of what I would say preconceived ideas or urban myths or kind of these perceived holy grails out there. And I kind of wanted to breathe a little sanity and logic into some of this. And hopefully you walk away with, uh, with a couple nuggets that can be helpful for you. So if I were to really conceptualize or encapsulate what I wanted to talk about today. It's really about some misconceptions and misunderstandings in the logistics industry. I'm going to lay out three for you and see if I can build out enough detail to make it uh, interesting and meaty for you. Misconception one, more is better. So when I'm talking about more, I'm talking about more ship from locations. We step back for a minute. We think about kind of the evolution of the e-commerce channel. And we think about the folks out there that are really driving or innovating on the customer experience. I think we'd point to probably two or three major big time retailers. And one of the things that they've pioneered and done a nice job of is offering this perception of free expedited shipping. And then uh, when we talk about free expedited shipping, there's a variety of different kinds of expedited shipping. Two-day shipping would qualify as expedited. Next-day shipping certainly is expedited. And then, of course, there's a lot of gig economy type of final mile delivery solutions out there for same-day delivery. I see a lot of brands, a lot of companies out there that have this perception that getting as close to their customer base is ideal. Now, there's a lot of different brands. There's a lot of different customer experiences. I'll be the first to admit that there are certainly, I think, some brands and some products and some services that justifiably require same-day delivery. However, I would contend that your teenage daughter probably doesn't need her new iPhone case same day. So I think you're kind of getting my point here. I think it's also important to note that there's a lot of other details, expenses, complexity in getting closer to your clients. So I'm going to kind of share some of my perspective on this. Many shippers out there want to align with an Amazon Prime model. Just say it. Free two-day shipping. And I think that's an admirable goal. And I think that makes sense. The free part is a challenge. You know, Amazon's buying power is better than most out there, so it's hard to compete on a, on a free basis. But the two-day is not as insurmountable as you might think. I was recently talking with a client 
the other week, and they are moving from a single distribution center in Southern California, and they're going to be opening up another ship from location on the Eastern Seaboard. They wanted to let me know that that was just the first of many supply chain moves. They had other targeted geographies, Atlanta, Dallas, Chicago, Denver, as other ship from locations because they wanted to achieve this optimal customer experience in time of transit. And I kind of caught my breath a bit and wanted to help them understand the ramifications of what they're talking about. First of all, both UPS and FedEx as the kind of the national door-to-door small parcel carriers do a, a real nice job with ground time and transit footprints. And if you look at their networks effectively and align accordingly, if you simply open up two ship from locations, what we'd call a bi-coastal distribution center footprint, one strategically located on the West Coast, another strategically located on the, the East Coast, you could conceivably achieve roughly 90 to 92% two-day delivery via ground from just two locations. And that's to the 48 lower states, of course. So when you step back and you think about that and say, wow, that's pretty powerful. Do I really need a third or a fourth? Or how important is the, the CX, the customer experience, on a next day delivery or a same day? Is that really a differentiator? Or are you adding a lot of complexity and expense? So when we think about this scenario and you say, hey, I really want to have a third, you've got to consider some other moving parts. First of all, there's that specter of inventory carrying costs. You know, not only do you have to contemplate more than likely a higher inventory count, but you have the complexity of forecasting from three locations. And you have the expense and the complexity of getting the product into those three locations. Don't get me started on the ports. Don't get me started on ocean freight. I think everybody's pulling their hair out over that right now. So there's some real complexity and expense in that piece. Not to mention, you're now beginning to segregate your business in a lot of different ways. So now there's potentially three or four brick and mortar locations. Could be a 3PL that you're using, but you have potentially two or three different 3PL partnerships. Maybe you have found one large 3PL that has locations on all three sites. You know, you have more employees touching your product. There's a cost of management, allocating inventories, and all of those things as well. And so what I caution you to do is really rationalize what you're trying to achieve. Most of my clients, I would say, would be thrilled with a 92% two-day delivery footprint to the lower 48 from two locations. So more is not always better. Now, given that, at least a bi-coastal affords you some additional opportunities, though. So if we are in a scenario where you're shipping from one location to a national distribution, you're pretty tied to whom you're going to source with. You really have three options in the U.S. You have UPS, FedEx, who I previously just mentioned as very reputable, excellent 
carriers that deliver to every address in the U.S. And provided your characteristics of your shipments, predominantly lightweight, less than nine pounds, things like that, the USPS could also be a very viable solution for you as a third. But that's really the extent of your options. And in today's world, we have a massive capacity constraint. Supply is outpaced by demand. And I don't see any end to that equation in the small parcel market. It's massive growth, massive disruption, massive constraints placed on shippers around holiday shipping times when capacity is needed for these shippers to achieve their sales goals and top line revenue expectations. So when we move from a single sourcing location to a bi-coastal as an example, it gives you some opportunities to take a rational look at some potentially regional carriers as well. The name of the game with regional carriers is proximity to their delivery network where they service, and they can do a very, very nice job for you in the areas that they serve and really complement a national strategy. So something to consider. So if I were to really look on the back of a a napkin here with you at a high level and talk in great generalities, I would tell you that you could probably put together a very efficient, very customer-friendly, CX-friendly solution that gave you some contingencies and some resilience in your supply chain and some capacity just with a bi-coastal network. Something to think about. Let's move on to misconception number two. All transportation solutions are created equally. So when I'm talking about a transportation solution, I'm talking about a transportation management system or a warehouse management system that integrates directly with a transportation management system. They're not all created equally. There's a bunch out there. It's a massive market. And I think the market is expected to hit about $27, $28 billion by 2028. Man, that's that's a big number. But we need to understand what they claim they can do versus what they actually do. So if we go back to that bi-coastal solution where you now as a savvy shipper or a savvy procurer of a quality 3PL partner are now in a bi-coastal scenario, you're using two, maybe three different carriers to balance your capacity and customer experience. How do you execute upon that? That's the challenge. TMS platform, a good one, should be a superb execution tool for you that takes the knowledge units out of the floor or out of the the personnel and the operations actually making decisions. So there's a term out there in the market called rate shopping. Many claim they do it. Few truly deliver on that accurately. So I would really, really recommend as you're looking into a TMS solution that you trust but verify. I think what makes a TMS solution even more robust is if you can layer in additional business rules. Imagine a scenario where you now have access to three different carriers out of each ship from location. You've partnered with a 3PL or you have your own direct relationships with those three carriers and you've given yourself enough room contractually to use all three of those effectively, you can begin to load in some logic to determine what is the cheapest 
solution given the characteristics for a given order or a given package based off of mode, size, weight, and all the way down to uh, you know service level, time in transit as well. So really, really important to vet that accordingly. Trust it, but verify. And even better, have an ability to lay in other business rules so that if inherently you see that a carrier A is performing poorly to a specific geography or a zip code, you can then eliminate that carrier as an option to that zip code and only go to plan B, carrier B, and carrier C in that scenario. Or if you have two or three different CX options for your customer at the point of sale, expedited shipping, economy shipping, standard shipping, what do those mean? What are the time and transit requirements? And what are the available options to you? with the carriers you're sourcing with, given what the customer has asked for from a time and transit perspective or a service level perspective. TMS systems should be adaptable. They should be customizable, scalable. They should be able to integrate effectively with a WMS or an EMS. They should be able to integrate effectively with marketplaces. They should be able to consider a full landed cost from a transportation perspective. What I mean by landed cost is not only just the direct transportation expense, consider fuel surcharge, consider accessorials, things like residential surcharge, delivery area surcharge, extended delivery area surcharge. My goodness, there's a remote area surcharge in the uh, lower 48 now. Consider the effect of dimensions, dimensional billing, right? All those things weigh heavily in the ultimate financial impact. You want a TMS that can consider all of those things holistically and not just look at a transportation rate. You may be making bad decisions if that were the case. Misconception number three. You know, in today's world, everybody is used to e-commerce deliveries at this point. Everybody, including my parents. Not all deliveries are equal. And I would contend that the shipping experience should not be the same across all of your products. So I'll give you an anecdotal example. Let's say you're a retailer and you have 10,000 SKUs. And within those 10,000 SKUs, you offer everything from custom t-shirts, $19.99 a piece, all the way over to the other end of the spectrum to $500 cashmere fashion sweaters. Now, should the buying experience, the CX, be the same for the cashmere sweater as for the 1999 t-shirt? I'll leave that to you to answer, but it's a bit of a rhetorical question. I would contend no. So would it be a good idea for someone who just dropped 500 bucks on your cashmere sweater to have it shoved into a poly bag and to walk out to their mailbox and pull it out with their bills and junk mail. Maybe, maybe not. Would it be more effective to maybe have it in some sort of a customized packaging experience and perhaps a little different delivery? Maybe it's your 
It's your reputable, well-uniformed, nice, nice uh, appearance individual you've seen on the streets for the last 15 years, UPS driver, with a nice delivery on the door. Some things to really consider there, I think. And so when you're looking at these solutions and you're looking at 3PLs, you're looking at ship from locations, TMS providers, you know, I've talked about the need if possible to diversify the carrier base you're using, but it can't just be about economics. Yes, economics drives so much and I, I get that, but it has to be balanced with how are you aligning the delivery experience with your brand, the buying experience. And I think that gets lost a lot of times with many of the clients that I'm talking to. So I'll bring it back to, and maybe I'm a little old fashioned at this point, but I'll share some of my personal experiences with you. So I, you know, I, I grew up where I would go in and I would buy clothing or shoes at Nordstrom. There was something very special about walking into a Nordstrom store. You knew what you were going to get. You dealt with an incredibly professional and helpful salesperson that was knowledgeable about the area they were representing and the products they were selling. And you had a wonderful buying experience. You walked out with a, you, you clearly didn't find the cheapest item. Nordstrom was not known to be the cheapest, but you got what you paid for. You walked out with something that was high quality, looked good, you felt good about it, and you had a level of service with that buying experience. That really brought you back, right? You had a complete positive kind of a luxury buying experience. Now, those days are kind of gone in a lot of ways. I'm not, I don't mean that from a Nordstrom perspective. I mean, brick and mortar is continuing to shrink and reduce and more and more people are relying on the convenience of e-commerce. So what does an e-commerce buying experience look like for you? Does it stop as soon as they get the product into your shopping cart and hit the, the PayPal button? Or does it extend to the carrier you're giving your product to for the delivery experience? I can tell you firsthand that part of my satisfaction of a product, sometimes even subconsciously, is tied to the delivery experience. How convenient, how, how nice was that experience or, or how inconvenient was it? Something to really, really consider in that equation. And so as you're looking at this and as you're looking at potentially business rules and a robust TMS platform, as I previously talked and we talk about that, is there a way to potentially build out a rule on the value of the item? Is there a different delivery experience, a different shipping mode, a different carrier used for orders attached to certain SKUs or SKUs of a certain value or higher? Should you have the same delivery experience for a $9.99 cell phone case compared to a $750 saddleback briefcase? So, things to think about. In addition to that, know your buyer. Know your demographic. 
make sure that you're considering a reverse logistics solution that is as easy to use and is co- and is cognizant of the buying experience as the outbound piece of receiving it. I know a lot of people, when they find a piece of clothing they like, they'll order three of them, one in each size. They have every intention of trying each one on, keeping the one that fits and feels the best, and returning the other two. What does that return experience look like? What's the convenience? Do they have to contact a customer service agent? Do they have to go out and print a label? Did a label come in the packaging with them? Can they drop it back in a mailbox for ease of, ease of return? Do they have to drive it somewhere to, to hand it off to someone? My goodness, I know some clients who actually put their customers on the hook to pay for shipping on the return. My goodness. So I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just telling you that you need to know your customer. You need to understand your product. And, uh, and you need to align your shipping experience to be consistent with your desired CX or your customer experience. So I hope that I've uh, kind of helped you look at some things in your own supply chains, maybe with a whole different lens or a fresh perspective. I want to come back and just very quickly brush up on the three perceptions, misperceptions that I wanted to breathe a little reality into. One, more is better. Know your clients, understand your distribution footprint, and realize you don't need 15 ship from nodes to achieve a good time and transit customer experience. Not all TMS platforms are created equal. Trust but verify. Determine if it's robust and it integrates effectively with your WMS, your EMS, shopping carts, Make sure that you have robust business rules that you can align with your product. Really think about the shipping experience and come to some conclusions around, do we want the same shipping experience for all of our products? Does that make sense? Need to keep an eye on those things. So hope that was helpful. I want to thank you for listening. And please, follow iDrive Logistics on LinkedIn for additional insights. I look forward to speaking to you again soon, hopefully with something at least as interesting. Take care.